sports relate to everything in life, including business. We're going to be talking some sports, some business, as well as some Ohio State Buckeyes today on the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. My name is Shane Larson, the host of the podcast, and today is another interview that I'm bringing to you guys to help show you how sports can be implemented into many aspects of life. Now, you guys know by now that I hate how people call us dumb jocks. All these sports fans are the dumb jocks. No, there's a lot of things that sports teach you. And I've always said it, you know, that we got leadership, we've got, you know, authority, we've got teamwork, we've got perseverance, all these different things that sports teach you. But I want to bring on a guest who is awesome at this because he basically does this every single day, talking about how sports can be related to your business um, or be related to any aspect of life. Eric Kazimoff is in the house with me today. Eric, if you could just introduce yourself to the listeners, tell us who you are where you're from, and basically what you do. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. It's an absolute privilege to be on the Game Time Guru podcast. Very exciting for me, so I do appreciate that. And originally, I'm from Buffalo, New York, so in the, in the spirit of sports and losing in sports, I am a uh, <laughs> long-suffering Buffalo Bills fan, Sabres fan. I mean, the Sabres right now are vying for last place again in the NHL. I mean, I think we've been tanking for five years. I thought the tank process was maybe like a year or two, but it just keeps on coming. But you know what? It's like you're talking about so many of these principles and things that we see in sports can be applied to business. So I'm originally from Buffalo, New York. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and I am the CEO of CadSource Inc. CadSource is a multifaceted company that is a content marketing and insurance company. And the bottom line of what we do inside of CadSource is we help business owners build and protect their business. That's it. Any way we can do that is, is what we do. Content marketing, I feel like, is the ultimate insurance policy because it's marketing for your business to stay, keep you relevant, to build an audience, and there's so many different things you can do from that. And within that, and Shane, what you're getting after is our content platform. And that's Sports Epreneur. That's how you pronounce that. I just have this last name and the name of this uh, content platform that we try to make it difficult for people. And so what's interesting, Shane, is when I was um, really getting going with this business, CadSource, which is now five years old, uh, I was trying to think of like, I wanted to create content, right? And, but I didn't want to just create a, we'll get into this, right? An Ohio State blog or a Buffalo Bills blog, or I didn't want to just create a business blog or a business content platform, right? And so I was like, I love business. I love sports. Why don't we just combine the two of them? Because I found myself so often just talking about the two things together. I would create like these parallels, these analogies for the people that I was talking to, for the sales force inside of CadSource. And I was like, well, wait a second. I can write about that, right? I gave this analogy about Ohio State when they won the 2014 National Championship that it was a, they had a, this negative perception about them. So they had to prove people wrong. And I had this sales guy going on and on about like how no one was taking his call and no one was listening to him. I was like, because you have this negative perception about you from the other person. They don't know you. They think that you can't help them out. So you have to help them out. So anyway, long story short, I've rambled on too long. That's where Sportsypreneur was born. And that became the thing people wanted to talk to us about. Because if you might imagine 
life insurance is not the thing people want to talk to you about. And I'm not the guy to show up at lunch with you, Shane, and say, hey, man, how's your life insurance looking? That's just not who I am. But we have a real conversation about things that we're both genuinely interested in. And then you might want to say, and you don't have to, but you might say, hey, what else do you do? Or what do you do? And that's how this whole thing was born. Man, I just love sports epreneur, though. I think that's an amazing way to to go at it. Um, this content marketing platform that you have, sports epreneur, is great because it draws in people like myself. When you can use these sports metaphors to kind of you know get the discussion flowing, and one of the things that I uh, that that drew me to sports epreneur was one of the articles that you wrote regarding how sports bring people together. That was one of the articles you wrote. And that's one of the biggest things that I always preach is that sports bring people together. But I want you to talk about why you start, why you decided to write this article. You know, what got you motivated for it and, and why you're writing about why sports bring people together. What's your thoughts on it? Oh, man. You know what? It's deep because you talk about Ohio State and people are like, well, you didn't go to Ohio State. You're from Buffalo. I actually went to the College of Charleston who was in the NCAA tournament. It was pretty awesome for us. Lost in the first round. Should have won. But anyway, I can go on. like Just like you, Shane, we can go on tangents with sports. But going back to Ohio State, my parents met at Ohio State back in the late 60s, right? And when I was born... Uh, my, my dad said to me, basically, you can go to any college you want and we'll help you out. But if you go to Michigan, you're done. You're on your own. So it was like, oh, wow, I better be a fan. And when in my younger years, I was always an Ohio State fan, but I was kind of like a rebellion, right? Because I'm an entrepreneur and I'm thinking my own ways. I want to do things my own ways. But anyway, Ohio State was so big for me growing up in my house. And because that's what we did. That's what my parents rooted for. And everything was about it. I was living also in Buffalo, New York. So Buffalo was so big. And Buffalo is this community where the Bills and the Sabres, they just, it just means something more to the city than you really can explain, right? You probably have that in Boise. And, you know, I come to Charlotte and there's nothing against the Carolina Panthers or the Charlotte Hornets, or if you go to Raleigh, the Carolina Hurricanes, right? They're good organizations and they run well and they've got more success recently than any team in Buffalo. But there's something just that's just bigger about it um, when you, for some of these other areas of the country. And so anyway, sports has just got that deeper meaning to me. And so what happened was um, the sports blog, Sportsypreneur was going on and we took a trip. I took my son to an Ohio State Rutgers game. And this is when kind of the idea hit me. And I always thought about it before. And so we went to see Ohio State Rutgers. Ohio State, I think, was favored by 40-something points. My parents were in Buffalo at the time. They drove down and they met us. So the four of us met for the Ohio State Rutgers game, right? There was zero doubt who was going to win the game. There was no, like, uh, there was nothing that to worry about. But we just had this great weekend together. My son got to experience the atmosphere, Shane. And you were there for the Oklahoma game this year, right? The mm-hmm. Atmosphere at Ohio State game, no matter what level you're going for, is just off the charts. But more than anything else, it brought us all together. It was the rallying cry to bring us to Columbus, Ohio, to go watch a football game, right? And we like to say sports matter because they don't matter. There's so many negative things. There's so many other things going on in our world, stresses, and even positive things, but that just take us away from like what we should focus on, family, friendship, you know, good things that are going on in life, just being with one another, right? Having conversations, communicating. And so that's what this was all about. But there's so much that goes on. It's not just the three and a half hours you're at the football game. It's the before, it's the after. It's the entire weekend that brought everybody together. The Carolina Panthers a few years ago were in the uh, Super Bowl, right? And they lost to the Denver Broncos. But it was kind of amazing to watch this city of Charlotte where you have transplants from all over the country, right, come together as one for the Carolina Panthers. 
That's what it's all about. And that's why I enjoy writing about it. And so it was for like sportsypreneurs, like, I really want to talk about sports. So when I come home at night, like that's, I do it with the kids, right? We have tons of fun, but you can remove yourself from all of that that goes on in your life and just watch for three hours or whatever it is, just this event. And then it ends and you go back to your reality. Yeah, totally, man. I, and I love how you said that sports matter because they don't matter. That's exactly what it is. And they do bring people together. Uh, one, one, one example that I have is, you know, obviously I live here in Boise, the Boise State Broncos, known as Bronco Nation. We actually really came together uh, back in 2006, 2007 when we beat Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl, the infamous Statue of Liberty play. It was like the entire community, the entire city of Boise and the surrounding areas came together um, and and it was it was awesome because you you just felt like you had this family that you didn't even know before. So when I have season tickets and I go and I sit with the people at the the stadium, you feel like you're connected with these people you've never even met them before. You've never hung out outside of the stadium before, and it's this awesome feeling to be able to go to a sporting event and feel like you have friends and family and just kind of you know cut loose a little bit and and enjoy yourself. And another thing is, is I actually. I'm going to a Utah Jazz playoff game this upcoming weekend, game three against the Thunder, heading down to Salt Lake City. And, you know, th- that's an opportunity that I'm going to have with my wife to to head down there and just enjoy the game and enjoy just being around with just my wife and being around other sports fans. And I'm excited for it because last year I got to do the same thing, go with my wife and my little boy. I also got to go to a playoff game with my mother. And it's just a time to enjoy. It brings people together. It allows you to have something, some common ground to, you know, Enjoy yourself because sometimes the stresses of life are, are tough and it allows you to get get away from that and enjoy, you know, some entertainment while having good company and it's it's good. But I do also want to ask you, Eric, right now with the way that things are going in the world, we have a lot of political issues. Obviously, in the sports world, they're bringing politics into sports. Uh, the whole kneeling, don't kneel at the national anthem, that was a big deal in the NFL. I want to know what your thoughts are because while they do bring people together, can sports actually pull people apart? Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think it pulls both ways. I think you're I think it's a it's a great question, Shane, because I think like so much in in the world like there's two sides to a lot of different things. And 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 I can sit here and I can say the positive, right? Sports brings people together and you know, we get all excited. We can hold hands and watch the games and we can high five, right? And like you said, or we can or we can be sad together. Like you tell me that story about uh missing the field goals for Boise State. Like look at the Buffalo Bills, Scott Norwood. Like going to win the field goal against the New York Giants, misses the field goal. And then they had a parade for that team. And if you go back and they have footage of it, of Scott Norwood sitting in downtown Buffalo right in front of City Hall, and the entire, they called for this guy, and he's crying, and everybody's crying with him, and it's just packed. It's like they just won the Super Bowl, but they just lost the Super Bowl in the most devastating fashion, and it brought everybody together, like, sincerely. So it's talking about that, but on the flip side of it, yeah, like, things pull both ways. So it's not always that positive. I mean, it's it's not only like the politics, but like go watch a Dodger San Francisco Giants game. Like people are getting killed. Like that's not often. Not people. A person got killed, right? People are getting in fights. Like it brings out some craziness. Like it's weird a little bit to me that people would take it to that extreme. Like I can't stand Michigan. Like anything about Michigan, you talk about it. I can't stand it. But it's funny is I have a lot of friends that are Michigan friends. I would never get in a fight with them over the team. So I think what it comes down to is what do you focus on? Right. Yeah. Well, what do you focus on? I like that part. What do you focus on? Is it the negative part of the sports world or is it the the positive part of the sports world? So, you know, we could, 
you know, we have all these fans that are kind of like the outsiders looking in and being like, you know what, I'm done with the NFL because of, you know, Kaepernick's kneeling. But we've talked about it, Eric. You and I want to just watch the game sometimes. So I choose to focus on the positives of the game. I don't choose to focus on the negatives. And I think that's the same in every aspect. You can be at your job and you can have such negative influences at your job, all these negative things happening, but there's also some good things that are happening. Everybody goes through this. It could be the same in school. It could be the same in your family life. You have all these negative things happening, but you have these positive things happening. If you choose to focus on the positive things, more often than not, you're going to to enjoy yourself a lot more. You're going to enjoy your day at work a lot more if you try to focus more on the positive things. Now, sometimes that's hard. You know, if you're at a, a football game and you've got these fans that are heckling you, and, you know, and you get into the game, like getting into the arguments with the fans, um, and then all obviously social media plays a huge aspect in it too. You have all these social media battles going on with like, oh well, Kaepernick shouldn't be doing this, or whoever shouldn't be doing that, they should leave politics out. So then you start getting the keyboard warrior, you know, battles, and then you know it brings all this negativity. But if you focus on the positives of sports, same as in your actual life. What you choose to focus on is, you know, how you're going to enjoy. So while it does pull people apart, um, I think the majority of like what we see is it does truly pull people together. You're going to always have those, you know, outliers that are out there that will kind of skew the statistics a little bit. But I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Now, moving forward to another article that you guys wrote, it was regarding role players. And this article resonates with me because when I was in high school, Eric, I was not a starter on the basketball team. I played varsity. Um, I always considered myself a good player. I was smart. Um, I played well, um, but I was a shooter and I wasn't, you know, top talent, but I did come off the bench either, you know, sixth or seventh man, you know, on the team, depending on the night. And I'd come off the bench. I'd play about two quarters a game, but I didn't start and I wasn't the main guy. I wasn't even in the top three or four guys that scored on our team. That said, I did have my role and that was to shoot threes. In fact, I led our conference in three-point percentage my senior year. So I did do a pretty good job at that and I felt like I helped the team succeed. I mean, we had a decent season, but I was a role player. I knew my role. I wasn't going to be over there. They're not going to be drawing up tons of plays for me or anything like that. I was going to come in and do my thing and then go back to the bench and let the starters finish it out. In life, we have a lot of role players. We have role players, and they're extremely important for any business. They're not, you don't always have the Michael Jordans in your business. You have to hire role players too, and they shouldn't be looked down upon. In fact, everybody has their strength and their skill set for their jobs. But some of the role players I want to talk about in professional sports that we can relate to business as well and in real life, like one that came to my mind was Ray Allen right? If you look at Ray Allen, his whole life, he was an amazing, I mean, his first part of his career, he was one of the main guys. And then when he got to the Celtics, he was a huge part of their, you know, you know, big three when he got over there and, and they were doing great things, shoots a lot of threes, plays some great defense. He was also a huge part of the Miami Heat uh, when they won their championship, when he went over there. Obviously, he was known for a huge clutch three-pointer that he made um, and and then pushed the the series to game seven and they ended up winning but other other guys like Andre Iguodala same thing right huge role player big big part of the Warriors success um, when they went through their championship runs he's still a huge part of their team right now and in their loss to the Cavs when they were up 3-1 in the series and ended up losing the the finals um if you remember, Andre Iguodala actually had a really bad back. Like his back injury was hindering him, and he was the man known for guarding LeBron James. That was basically his role was to guard LeBron. And when he hurt himself and he wasn't full strength, LeBron took over. So he had his his 
his part of the team. He was the role player. I want you to talk about role players and, and professional sports. Let's talk about some that you remember and then maybe how they relate to business in, in real life. Absolutely. You know, it's funny too, a little, a little context on the role players article. So John Priori, who you've talked to, I think in the past, um, John is, is building himself in our business. And, and, and we talked a lot about role players because he started to see where he was the role player and was having to hand it off. And he really learned from it. And I said, you should write about it. He actually wrote the article with us and created that article. What's funny in his on the younger side, he included the Chicago Bulls. And growing up, I don't talk about it anymore. I was a huge Chicago Bulls fan. I promise I was a big Chicago Bulls fan before they were ever good, right? I don't talk about it a lot, but it's funny. My friends would know this, but he used Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman as the role players. I don't really consider those guys role players, but if we're going to look at it, right, you know, Jordan was the elite player and Pippen and Rodman were just like, step below that so I guess in a way they could be role players but I want to paint that picture and certainly give John credit on that one as well because he realized it in business what a role player is but when you ask that question there's one guy there's a bunch of guys that come to mind but one guy in particular that comes to mind is uh, Big Shot Bob Robert Ory how many big three-pointers did that guy hit it was it was crazy um, another one for the Spurs not today but not that far ago was Bruce Bowen right the guy couldn't really score he could shoot could defend right his thing was defense defense and he would just lock you down and just frustrate the opponent um, uh, another guy in the Spurs Patty Mills has been huge for them I think like you know in some playoff series in the past he's done well I think like this year Shane one that stands out, and I don't, I mean, again, I think he's a really good player, and I think he's always been, is Eric Gordon for the Houston Rockets um, is pretty, I mean, they have so many good players on the Rockets right now, but I think Gordon's one of the one of the top role players um, in the NBA right now. Man, you brought up some crazy memories. Let me just say one thing right now. I just had to make this known. I hate the Chicago Bulls. Jordan pushed off in the finals. Uh, Brian Russell had great defense, got pushed off. Uh, he should never have won that one. Anyways, when I think of role players on that team, I'm thinking, you know, Steve Kerr, Tony Kukoc, those kinds of guys. Scottie Pippen was also obviously a big role player, but those were the role players that were on that team. Steve Kerr and Tony Kukoc, uh, big timers. As we were talking, I wrote, I wrote John Pax and Steve Kerr, BJ Armstrong going back, and Ron Harper. Like, and then you could go Bill Wennington, Will Purdue. Like, they're all role players. Like, every one of those guys filled a filled a spot on that team. And you're right. Like, you know, the Pippen and Rodmans weren't there, but they had so many. They were probably had the epitome of what a role player should be like, where they did exactly. You know, they had to do it because the guys that didn't play that role on that Chicago Bulls team for the six years or even the years before it, they didn't last on that team. They wouldn't be on the team if they couldn't. Cliff Levingston, like there's guys all over. We could just go down a list, right? If they, Scott Williams, if they didn't play the role, they weren't on the team because Jordan would just wear them out so much. They wouldn't want to be on the team. But you're absolutely right. There's certain guys. I mean, the guy you mentioned, Iggy, uh, I mean, Draymond Green, he's an all-star. I get it. But he's not, I think when we look at it, like if he was the superstar on the team, he's not, I don't think they're winning the championship. Yeah, he's one of the big three. I get it. But he's not Steph, Clay, or uh, KD, right? So, I mean, I think right. he could even fit that. And and it's not a knock on him. It's not a knock on it. If you, like you said, man, you're shooting 47% from three. Like, that's impressive. That's good. That's important. Your team's not going to do as well. So the role players are huge uh, parts of it. It's not a knock on their success. Thank you for saying that, Eric. I appreciate you saying that, that it's not a knock on their success. See, people look at role players as inferior. The same thing in business. Like you look at these these other departments or these other these other employees that may not have, you know, the same 
the same skill sets or the same, uh, I don't know, responsibilities that you have um, in upper management or something like that, but they still have an important part of the company's success. They're a huge reason that the company is either successful or is not successful. So it's something that I've learned in sports is that the role players are just as important as the all-stars. Obviously, the all-stars are going to be the guys who get the points and everything like that, but if the role players don't do their role, then you're going to struggle in the business. But how do those role players see success, Eric? Well, I think that's I think it's a two-way street. So I think the leadership of that organization has to be willing to accept that person, right? So we talked about Jordan before. If he's not willing to accept that person or that player on the team, it's not going to work out. That player's not going to last and it's just it's not going to happen. But like moving on from the Bulls here a little bit, it's a two-way street. So the leader has to be willing. So when we bring John on, so I can give you like this example. If we brought John on and said, hey, John, we just want you to go get our coffee. Uh, I want to make sure that you keep my calendar full. And I want you to make sure we have paper. We have this, we have that. Do some emails and you know fill our database up. And we're going to give you the lowest level job. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. Those are important tasks at, all the time inside of a business. And sometimes you can play that role and you can play that role the best. But if you can just allow that person to have an opportunity to succeed and give them opportunities, then I think that works well. And I think the person coming in has to have some confidence and has to be willing to learn and ask questions and put their time in. Because you're not going to become the superstar because a role player can become a superstar, right? But they have to put in their time. They have to give the effort. They have to be there. And they have to realize that that role is important. You know, we talked a little bit about... um, like life insurance is an example is our in our business you know not whether a superstar or role player but it's like what is the role that you played in that process and so when you tell like hey you're the person ordering the exam you're moving that person one step closer to getting coverage for that family so if anything were to happen to them now they have that coverage now it's an extreme look at it right but you played a role in that process so you have to be you have to be uh, willing to accept that that role is important in the business. And if you take it like that and you have a positive look at the work you do on a daily basis, again, it's what you choose to focus on, then I think you can have confidence in what you're doing and then you can build up from there. But you really have to surround yourself with the right mentors, the right people, the right company, making sure that they're giving you those opportunities. Um, but, but it's a two-way street because then we have to allow – John, for example, to play his part, to do his thing, and to let him fail. Because a role player, like you come off the bench, Shane, if you miss a three-pointer, and I don't know if the guy's a, the, the star on your team's a point guard, and he's coming down the court, is he not going to pass it to you again because you missed one shot? I hope not. You know, Because if you've earned it, then he should give you the ball again. Now, if you're having your off day, then maybe we need to talk about it and maybe move you onto the bench again and bring someone else in. But right, that's the thing that I think you just have to allow people to make mistakes, but not to continue to make those same mistakes over and over again because then they learn from it. And, you know, John's made mistakes. I've made mistakes, but John learned from his mistakes. And so his role gets bigger and bigger and bigger to one one day he's got the idea of, I want to be a superstar. I want to get to that next level. Exactly. And I love how you bring up the fact that the role players have to be willing to, you know, when they make a mistake, that they work to make sure that they don't make that same mistake again. But the the coaches or in this aspect would be the the managers of that particular role player in the business world would have to be able to be willing to coach them and have the patience to go along with it, coach them to understand the right thing to do and understand not only what they're doing wrong, but how to fix it. And then that role player has to have the drive to actually fix it themselves. And I think that sports can definitely 
help you in this aspect. Growing up and you have your role, you have to go through struggles, ups and downs, but the same thing is applied into the workforce. You're going to do the same exact thing and you can become a superstar later on as long as you put in the work and you're willing to be coached and you're willing to accept your mistakes, take ownership for them, and then make the changes necessary to to be successful. Now, one thing, Eric, we talked about is putting a good product on the field. One time I joined your podcast and I uh, spoke with you about the importance of putting out a good product. So in the sports world, you especially in college football, you've got to put out a good product because there's a lot of the eye test that's there. It's not like, you know, the NBA playoffs or the NFL playoffs. It doesn't like that is based on record and then whoever wins wins. But the college football world, a lot of it's based on the eye test. So you have to put out a good product. Same thing in the business world. You can put out these podcasts like I'm doing every week. You can put out these, you know, articles on sports entrepreneur, but if you're not providing good value or you know, producing good content, then it's not going to be, it's not going to be something that your, your, your listeners or your followers, whoever it may be, your customers are going to want to follow. They're not going to trust it. They're not going to care about it. So you got to put together a good product. Um, let's talk about that and the importance of putting together a good product. Yeah. I mean, putting out good, good, good content, um, playing your, your, a quality game. It is important because it becomes your, we talked about this earlier a little bit, it becomes your perception. You create your own perception. So when in that example I told you in 2014 when Ohio State actually did win it, so let's focus on the positives, right? Before that, they were like, well, they can't beat an SEC team. They're going to play Alabama. They have no chance of beating Alabama. So that was the perception. So they got to go out there and they got to create their own perception. That perception could have been they lost, right? They could have lost that game and everyone would have been like, we were right. They created the perception. They're not good. They can't compete against the SEC. Instead, they created their own perception of, oh my goodness, that not only in the first quarter, they were losing in that first quarter in the first half. Not only did they start, like, did they not eventually win the game, but they created this thing of like, they're actually as good, if not better than Alabama. Like they should have been winning that game at halftime. They should have won that game by three touchdowns, but they had to prove that on the field. So it's no different than when you put content out, when you put a podcast out, Shane, like yours, it has to like quality has to go into it. It's not always going to be perfect. You're going to throw interceptions. You're going to jump off sides. You're going to make mistakes like we just talked about before, but you're, you have to put out good content. It's like when you create a blog, you have to, you have to have an editor. It's like Gary Vanderchuk. You brought him up before he talks about all the time. He said he can't put two sentences together, but he has ghostwriters. He has editors. He knows his limitations. So he says, I'm going to bring in people that are going to make me better writers. I feel like we have good writers and I'm a good writer. I, you know, but at the same point we have editors because the editors can make you better. So it's important to, when you create content and you put it out there, you have to have edited content. You have to, it has to just stay consistent with it. So yeah, I think the college football playoff committee uh, is absolutely watching, and in the college football world, yeah, the eyes are on them. Man, so the thing is, is when you reference that 2014-15 Ohio State championship football team, they're playing Alabama in that first round of the you know the college football semifinals. What people forget, because they, all they see was the final score, and then you know Ohio State won. They forget the fact that that game was actually going completely backwards for them at the beginning of the game uh they couldn't convert touchdowns at the beginning of the game they kept getting field goals they drive right down the field and get a field goal then come down again get a field goal and they were down by two possessions um before they started clicking so it's crazy because they were having their hiccups they were doing their stuff they were putting together a good product but the thing was they they had to go through hiccups and that's another thing sports teach you is that you go through hiccups uh just like you do in the workforce 
but you if you're if you're you know mastering your craft and you've put in the time and effort you have to trust your skill set you have to trust what you know and that's kind of what ohio state did right like in that first half if you listen to the coaches talk after the game but on both sides they knew what was going on ohio state knew they were in the game they were down i think it was 21 to 6 but they knew that they were winning that game like they were not on the scoreboard right they're getting crushed there but they knew they had done the right things and if they kept going with it right because you said sales if you stick with that it will work out, right? Maybe it won't, but it should work out. So you keep going. The law of averages are going to work out. That things are going to that are going to work for you. Alabama on the other side was worried. They had a lead, a 15 point lead, but they were nervous because they couldn't stop them. So they had to rely on something else happening, like Ohio State making a mistake to allow them to continue to build upon that lead. And in sales, that's what it is. I've seen too many salespeople give up because they didn't get a couple deals. They didn't. It didn't work out for them because guess what? They're gonna say no to you. It's not gonna happen overnight. Like it is relentless pursuit of what you're going after. If you're in sales and you're working nine to five, good luck, right? You gotta wake up early. You gotta work late. Like we're recording this podcast. It's eight forty at night, Shane. Like you're working nonstop. You have the side hustle going. You have all these different things happening and no different over here like we're just we're making it happen but i think we both like what we're doing and you get into that situation if you get on a podcast that you're recording chain and you're not you don't feel like you're doing well you know you're doing it right it just might not be coming out great and if you just keep going then you'll start hitting your stride and it's going to work out for you and it's funny you mentioned the podcast thing because honestly just this last month i hit a milestone and that was i had 2000 downloads of my podcast in 1 month and i was going at the beginning of this podcast I only had my close family and close friends that were listening to it um, and were downloading it and and subscribing on iTunes. And I was getting roughly 200 to 250 downloads a month. And I was getting about 300 downloads a month. Um, But it wasn't, you know, I was kind of getting down on myself, right? But I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be consistent with it. That's something I learned through sports is you've got to be consistent. Trust your craft. Trust your skill set. Let's go. Like sometimes it's just, you're not necessarily losing, but you feel like you're fighting this upward battle. And, uh, this uphill battle, I should say. And then all of a sudden I did an interview and the right person shared it and uh, it got out to a couple more people. And then all of a sudden it it just started kind of, you know, snowballing. Um, It it just continued to grow. And then this last month I hit 2000 downloads in a month and it's starting to continue to grow and, and it feels good with that. So it's just like anything in life. You just have to keep working and trust what you're, what you're doing, trust what your skill set is, and then make the adjustments when you need to make them, but still stay consistent and you'll reap the benefits. And you know what? And you should save that. And I'm going to save it because I'm going to play it for people. Because we, when we help people out with their marketing, whether it's a blog or a podcast or just whatever type of content or social media, whatever they're creating, a lot of times people want that return on investment, the ROI right away. It's like, well, we've been doing this and we're not getting that return on it. And you're like, you've been doing it for three weeks. Or you've been doing it for three months or sometimes it's three years. It takes time. And I promise you, though, if you have, like you said, the consistency, consistent persistence and you just keep going and you believe in what you're doing and you keep doing it, it can work out. Now, there's sometimes it's like, wait a second, this isn't working and you have to change paths. And that's refinement. I talk about that all the time. I'm sure your podcast today is different from the podcast you did at the very beginning or at least certain aspects are of it are. So you've refined it and gotten better as you've gone on. But that is still remain is you've been consistent with everything that you're doing. And I think that's important for no matter what type of content or what type of role you're playing in your business to keep doing it because it does work out. And I'm saying this, I'm talking out loud because I'm telling myself the same thing, right? Well, it's, it pertains to everybody though. So that's what I love about it. Thanks for your insight on that, Eric. Now let's get into a discussion on the Ohio State Buckeyes. 
obviously this last year, Ohio State doesn't make the college football playoff. It was kind of that, you know, controversial whether or not they should have made it over Alabama, who didn't win their conference championship, but then Ohio State had the loss to Iowa. We've already, you know, we, we know the story that it went down. But, you know, as I was watching the college football playoff originally, I was like, there's no way we would have been able to match with Clemson or Alabama or any of them, right? I was like, there's no way we would have matched with them. But then after I watched Clemson, I realized how bad they actually were. I think I just got kind of caught up in the Clemson bias because I was rooting for them the previous season and, and everything after they beat Ohio State. Um, and I realized, man, they, they were, they, they were just as good as anybody else. But the one question mark on Ohio state last year, let's talk about this for the Buckeye fans out there or haters for that matter. It was JT Barrett. I want to know your thoughts on JT Barrett. Did he hold us back or was he actually the guy that you felt should have been the head of the team? I was lucky enough. So my first, my son's first Ohio state Michigan game, was that game, the 2014 game where JT Barrett got hurt. And I, I promise you, I said this, and I wasn't because I was Nostradamus or anything like that. And I said, this isn't going to end well if JT Barrett's the quarterback. And I, I kid you not, like within the next quarter, JT Barrett was hurt. And I didn't wish it upon him, and it wasn't me that did it. It just happened, right? And I was like, I just wonder what would happen if Cardell Jones came in. Again, this isn't me predicting what was going to happen next. I had no idea they're going to go and beat Wisconsin 59 to nothing. But there's something that he brought to the table of the ball going over the top that opened everything up. Or Ezekiel Elliott now can just run for 200-something yards for, you know, whatever it was, three, three straight games. So, but then looking at JT Barrett... Um, I'm not one of those. A lot of people didn't like him and didn't like his the way he fit. And there's no doubt he had limitations with the deep ball. And that's what sets you back. I think in, in college football, you have to be able to throw the ball down the field. If you can't throw the ball down the field, then you're going to struggle. And, and, and they struggled as a result of that. He, they missed players. They, they missed plays. He missed open receivers. I'm a fan of JT Barrett and what he did for the university and the fact that he got them there to that Michigan game ready to compete for the Big Ten Championship and go to the playoff that first year. I like that was a huge part. Like, I don't know how he did it, right? Because that Virginia Tech game was not a good game. I was at that game as well. And that was like leaving the stadium. And I was like, they're going to go six and six this year. Like, this is bad. And then you wait, and then you like three, four months later, they're national champions. Like, that was incredible what JT Barrett did. So, I don't know. I go both ways on it. Um, I'm not a hater of JT Barrett. There are a lot of people that are so happy to see him gone. I think people are going to regret saying those types of things down the road because he was really good. He really was. Like, Here's the thing. You brought it up. They ran into Deshaun Watson at Clemson. I think people undervalued Deshaun let, Watson. Let, let, let me say something about Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, I've said this since I saw him play against Ohio State. I was at the Fiesta Bowl college football you know, semifinal. Uh he is the best college football player that I have ever seen play live. He was so good playing live. I just wanted to say that real quick. Continue on. That should have shown people how good of a player Deshaun Watson was to where get to your point about Clemson. They didn't have Deshaun Deshaun Watson. They had Kelly Bryant. No, don't get me wrong. He's a really good player, but that wasn't Deshaun Watson over there. No, Watson's great. Fantastic player. Loved him. But my question is for you, Eric. Let's Let's get your final word on it. What about JT Barrett? I think JT Barrett is uh, an incredible Ohio State player. He's going to go down in the history books. Um, was he the national championship quarterback? No. Could he compete for a college football playoff? Absolutely. And I, could they have won it? Yes, because of their defense. I think more or less um, would have been the diff- that could have been the difference maker in that playoff. Um, 
I don't know if they would have beaten Oklahoma again, though. But Oklahoma lost to Georgia. So I don't know. You know, they should have won that game, right? It's just... It was a wild college football playoff, I'll say that. Man, I, I actually thought Oklahoma was the best team in the country after I saw Ohio State get, you know, pretty much run out. I mean, that game was really close in Columbus at the beginning of the season, but um, until about eight minutes left. It was a good game, so people forget that it was an actual, like, back-and-forth battle, but I thought Oklahoma was the best team in the country. They were sticking it to Georgia in that first game in the CFP, but uh, Georgia caught fire, and I guess sometimes grit and grind, uh, it, sometimes that helps you as long as you can grind it out. It, it works. It is, and you know, on, and on that, and on GT Barrett specifically, I look at it like the success Urban Myers had at Ohio State, he has JT Barrett out there for a reason. Is he stubborn with it? Yeah, he is. But are we really thinking that a redshirt freshman could have come in and not not just played a half of football like he did against Michigan? And I'm sure we'll talk about him in a second, Dwayne Haskins. But like lead the entire season? Yeah, I mean, these guys can do it. But JT Barrett, like you're really going to sit down the fifth-year senior and, and with the leadership. And he was a captain like day one. I don't know, man. Like it's almost like you had to ride with him a little bit. I, I just don't know how it could have worked other than that, knowing who Urban Meyer is and just to, to, to go with JT Barrett and just go all in on it. And I mean, think about how close they got. They had one hiccup and that really wasn't JT Barrett. JT Barrett did throw that interception to start that game against Iowa, but the defense that gave up 50 something points, 55 points. Right. So, I mean, there's plenty of blame to go around for why they weren't in that playoff. Um, and JT Barrett certainly deserves some of it, but he's not the only one. And then you have to look at the success of other programs as well that kept him out of it. Yeah, for sure. It can't be all put on JT. JT was, you know, he had his bad game. Uh, it seemed like all season he struggled to throw the ball, uh, which surprises me because early in his career, I thought he actually was, you know, letting it fly and did pretty good. He had more confidence with his long ball. But anyways, he, he couldn't throw the ball, but it wasn't all his fault. A lot of it was conservative play calling. A lot of it was, you know, one bad game was pretty much what he had, and it kind of sucks, but I had my mixed opinions on JT. I'm going to be sad that he's gone, but I'm excited for the future. I want to know from your aspect, though, or from your opinion, Eric, who will be the starting quarterback for the Ohio State Buckeyes next year? Dwayne Haskins. I, I, I think it's going to happen. I think they're going to let this thing play out. I think Dwayne Haskins starts, but I want to say this. Tate Martell will play. I think he's going to have packages for him. He's too talented, like you were just saying, to not have on the field. He's in that Braxton Miller mode. Um, he's got this swagger about him. Like, you and I are going to love him, but I got a feeling like a lot of Big Ten people are going to absolutely hate him. And um, and it's cool. You know, I th you said it before, like, the Big Ten, the Ohio State haters don't want to listen to this. I love hearing about, like, all the different teams that's going on, even if I can't stand them. But Dwayne Haskins is going to start. Tate Martell will play. He's not going to just sit on the sidelines. He will absolutely have packages. And Joe Burrow, um, I think he's a really good player. A, a chance, I, could he stay? Yeah, I would venture to say that he may transfer because they have other kids coming in down the road too. So I'm not sure he's going to want to sit on the bench for that long. But at the same point, it's like you're just one play away from being the starting quarterback because I could see them putting Joe Burrow in to start and leaving a Tate Martell in as like playing some packages, if, if that makes sense. But I'm going Dwayne Haskins as a starting quarterback. I can respect that. I can respect that because Dwayne Haskins has proven that he can throw it. He's he's an awesome guy. He actually reminds me of, of a more athletic Cardell Jones. I, I like 
his style. I like the way he throws it. I like the way he runs it. Um, he's not the fastest guy on the field, but he's good. I do still think, though, that Tate Martell is our best option for the future. I just hope that he gets an opportunity. Like you said, I like how you mentioned you think he's going to get to play. I hope they make some packages for him because the last person I want to transfer out of those three is Tate Martell. I like him. Um, I like his his you know future with the Buckeyes, hopefully. So I think his potential is huge. All right, Eric, to finish up, though, I want to know, with all this talent, where do the Buckeyes land next year? Where are they going to finish? So I, I'm very confident. So let's go back one more time to this theme, and I promise for the people that don't like Ohio State, this I think will be the last time. But in 2014, they won the national championship, right? We cover that. The year before that, they lose the heartbreaking Big Ten championship. But then Ohio State goes on and plays Clemson. And uh, Bradley Roby sat that game. Sammy Watkins was the best player on Clemson. Um, and Ohio State loses a very close game, and their defense got shredded, right? And what happened is Urban Meyer, after that season, is like, man, what just happened? We have to fix this. And I think Urban Meyer is very good at this. Coming off of a loss, of a crushing defeat, that they come out the other side of it, and they, I believe, won the national championship because they lost those heartbreaking games the year before. I think it was a huge reason why they're on this mission and they were going after it no matter what. And everything set back for them when Braxton Miller got hurt and then later in the season, JT Barrett got hurt. And it was just so many crazy things going on with that organiz- with that uh, program. But um, I believe what they did that year that they haven't done in the years since that, which is very frustrating to me because they are 99% of the time the most talented team on the field is they became the aggressors. Like you talked about that play that they ran at the end of half versus Alabama. They had run variations of that play all season where they were running that reverse. They never threw it out of that. So they set it up for that one time to then make that play in a moment that was so big and it worked out for them because they were pressing the gas. They went after it. They didn't care. If something didn't go their way, they would just get back after it and be the aggressor and go and throw the ball. Like I don't know if you remember late in the game when they have the big lead, they threw a ball deep and it was incomplete and it was like, oh my goodness, they just gave Alabama another opportunity, which they ended up coming down the field. But I loved it because it was like they were playing the aggressor of these games and they didn't care. They had this reckless uh, mentality about them. And so to answer your question, I believe they're going to come out this year because they're going to have, no matter who the quarterback is, I said it's going to be Haskins, but no matter who it is, they're going to be the aggressor. They're going to throw the ball. They're going to go after it. They're going to have two of the best defensive ends in the country, right? And uh, Chase Young and um, Nick Bosa, they're going to go after it. They're going to be the aggressor. And I'm going to say it right now, and this is not, this, I don't do this every year. I, I promise you, this is not my style because there are some really good teams that are coming back. Georgia's going to be good. Alabama's going to be good. I think Ohio State's going to win the national championship this year. Bold prediction from you, Eric, and I appreciate it because I'm going for them. I hope they do it. Hope they can pull it off. Every year I get my hopes up, but uh, I do have that same feeling. I think that they're on a mission. I think this is a great year. I uh, just have the question marks at the quarterback position. Once we figure that out, I think we have the talent all around uh, from especially the defensive front as well as the, in the backfield. We've got running backs to help out whichever young quarterback is going to be playing. Now, before we get going, Eric, I want you to just end off by telling everybody about your podcast, the one that I mentioned earlier that I had joined before. Tell us where we can find you and what your podcast is about, please. 
Yeah, so it's called Entrepreneur Perspectives. And what we like to do is we bring on other entrepreneurs. Shane was a, uh, a guest on our podcast some months ago, I believe. And so we love to bring on entrepreneurs of all levels, right? People in the side hustle, people who have been in business for a long time, younger people just getting going. Uh, we like to talk in, as well about giving our own ideas about just different things that can help your business. I said it before. In what we do at, at CasSource and in Sportsypreneur as a content platform within that, Entrepreneur Perspectives is a podcast that's a part of that as well, is we like to help build and protect businesses. And what we say on the podcast is we do that one podcast at a time. We do it one blog post at a time. We do it one conversation, one meeting at a time. It's all those things, right? We are not trying to get thousands of people to all of a sudden overnight do business with us, right? We are trying to help individual businesses, individual people one thing at a time. And that's what Entrepreneur Perspectives is all about. Um, it's pretty awesome, right, Shane? It's, it's awesome to watch your podcast going on. And I heard a stat is that uh, the average podcast uh, show last seven episodes. We just released our 37th episode. Um, so we've blown past that. You've clearly blown past it. It's a lot of fun. I, I, when I was building my business over five years ago and before that, I really started getting into podcasting uh, or listening to podcasts and listening to books on tape, like Audible, not on tape anymore, right? And I just believe audio is just this incredible thing because I can drive my kid to a soccer practice and while he's at soccer practice, I can listen to a podcast and I can listen to it at two times speed or one and a half times speed. People think I'm crazy, but I'll listen to an hour podcast in 30 minutes because it's all about time. We just don't have all the time in the world, so we have to get through it. So anyway, that's the podcast, Entrepreneur Perspectives. There's a little bit too much information about it, but it's on iTunes. Uh, it's on Stitcher. We actually just got it on Spotify now. Shane, I think you would actually... Uh, I think your podcast is on Spotify. We might have even asked you about how you got that. So we're on Spotify, but just search Entrepreneur Perspectives. It'll come up. Um, and if you have any entrepreneurs that are listening to this and want to be featured on a podcast, we'd love to learn more about you and uh, maybe share your story on our podcast. But I appreciate you bringing that up and letting us talk about it. For sure. And if you guys are listening and you are you have your own little side hustles, you're entrepreneurs yourselves, make sure to reach out. I'll, I'll leave the link here in the description for Entrepreneur Perspectives. You can reach out to Eric and uh, talk with him about it if you can you know, see about being a, a guest on his show. And again, guys, I hope you enjoyed this discussion. We had a little bit of business, a little bit of sports, a little bit of Ohio State Buckeyes discussion today with Eric Kazimoff. Hope you guys enjoyed it. You know the drill. We'll talk to you next week. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars, and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.